Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast recording of uh, One Life Left, the radio show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. And after 498 of these, you would have thought we'd be slightly better at it than we are by now, but... <laughs> There we go. Um, uh, no guests this week, I'm afraid. Uh, mainly my fault, but with enough gap in the excuse that it could be Steve's fault mm-hmm. as well. I don't yeah. feel 100% to blame. Um, we did manage to draw out the review section for 10 minutes, so um, you know, uh, look forward to that. But we should, <laughs> uh, we should be getting some guests back on. We will work harder for you, the listeners. It wasn't I thought so it was. Steve. I thought it was a super fun show. I really enjoyed it today. I always enjoy it, Simon. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fun. And also, um, I still have my AI worksheet up. If you have anything else you would like to ask. Open AI. Ask the AI. Well, I was going to say, we are um, hurtling towards episode 500, which we we only realised a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> um, obviously. Uh, and we've uh, we've been thinking about how we should celebrate it in a way that, you know, marks the occasion uh, suitably, but also doesn't require a lot of effort. Um, also, I'm not around for when we would be doing the 500th show, so we might have to drop one in between those two there your typing is very it was very loud during the show as oh well, i'm sorry it, when i was typing by the way thing. i did try and, to... well the, when, when the thing is you know keen eared listeners will be able to know what you were typing by the rhythm of your fingers mm. I, I mean i was typing literally the question you asked me to type uh, but they can <laughs> verify that um well maybe we can remove that in post uh but sorry what i was just typing was prepare propose a list of guests who might be appropriate for one life left's 500 episode just finished typing okay. that now uh, and i'll Ka-ching. set it going it's thinking well of course it is i can confirm that the question has gone to, to uh, the ai to the, the ai and it has returned it has returned 20 uh 20 guests okay some of their email addresses <laughs> all right shall i quickly run through them yeah go on uh one oh i won't number them sally phillips comedian and actress okay John okay. Cleese. <laughs> mm. uh, Can't say anything these days, can you? <laughs> uh, Will Wright, game designer. Tim Schaefer. Okay. P- Peter Molyneux. Uh, Jennifer yeah. Chen. Mike Bithell. Sean yeah. Murray. Adam Saltzman. Yeah. Warren Spector. Greg Johnson. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy. Is it, uh, Steve Wiebe. Uh, yeah, that'd be good. Hideo Kojima, 
right? Alex Blog. <laughs> of course, Alex Blog. The AI's got a lot. I've got 19. No, I've, got no, nice, I've got 19. So, sorry, because it's explaining to me who all of these people are in uh, in brackets afterwards. So it says Alex Baldwin, brackets, actor, currently. Okay. Uh, and it says Steve Wiebe, King of Kong, record holder. For Alex Blog, it says industry expert, YouTuber, and writer. So, uh, you know... I assume Alex Blog is a real person. Okay. Apologies, Alex Blog. Um, you say so, AI. Yeah. Well, uh, no, no, no. There's five more. Okay. Roberta Williams. Yep. Rami Ishmael. Marcus Person. Downer's YouTube content creator. Wow. Uh, Brenda Romero. And finally, wow. Paul quotes the Pope. Rose. <laughs> <laughs> is that one of the, what's going on there? How many of those have we had on? Like we we have had a, we have we've spoken a to a fair number of those, haven't we? Mostly industry ones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had a we've had. Uh, has Peter Molyneux ever been on? He has. He was on with um. He was he was on one of our G- GDC podcasts with Jack yeah. Attridge, uh yeah. at the same time. We haven't had yes. Kojima, and um, we haven't had Marcus Pearson. Uh, we have had Paul Rose. We have had Brenda Romero. Um, we haven't had Steve Weeby. We haven't had Alec. Baldwin, but he, I think he's busy <laughs> at the moment. Uh, we've had Warren Spector. I th- have we had Sean Murray? I, 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 I don't. I don't think I so. Don't think so. We have no. had other Hello Games people on. We've had Jennifer Chen, I think. Tim Schafer, we've had. Will Wright, we've had. John Cleese, we haven't had. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Tim Schafer. Was I there for that one? Uh, it might have been one of your super exclusive. No, hotels. I thought we'd had him at GDC. Maybe we hadn't. Maybe we hadn't. Maybe. I think I'd be a bit nervous around Tim Schafer. What, given what happened? Because I know someone who. Well, there's that. (laughs) But also, I know someone who really doesn't like him, and I don't know why. Really? Yeah, I don't know why this person doesn't like him. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we should maybe we should uncover that secret for the five hundredth episode. <laughs> um, now, I was thinking though, perhaps for the filler, we mm. could chop out some of the early appearances because I believe we were the first radio show to have Mike Bithell on, mm-hmm. weren't we? And we'll be the last. Well, there we go. <laughs> um, we could we could we could clip out the mm-hmm. the celebrity run that we had, and then maybe return when, afterwards. But, when you say we, we are, I do mean the AI. <laughs> Our AI intern. Uh, I don't know where the files are. Um, maybe uh, that could be fun. But I, w- I, we, I would. It would be good if anybody has got any um, uh, stories or anecdotes or mm. you know, you know things in ways in which one life left over the five hundred years that we've been broadcasting <laughs> um, has touched you, has hugged you, has kissed you, has pushed you over. We went through a period of that, didn't we? Mm, we did. <laughs> maybe we should so you know uh, you know last week i got the ai to do the retrospective of one life left of, as if it was on a, a life well wasted right it was two weeks ago mm. uh, maybe we should just reenact that record that and uh, get the ai interstitial i don't know plenty of things to do uh, we are going to bring, as Anne's coming back when we record it, we need mm-hmm. to figure out time to do that uh, around all of our kids. When we started this, Steve, there were no kids. Mm. We were the kids. We were. <laughs> now look at us. Look at us now. Mm. We know We know more about Disney animated movies, musicals, than we should, than, than we should do. 500 years and we are still only the second longest running mm. radio show about video games 
But we are the longest running radio show about video games that is in the English language. <laughs> so uh, we'll be recording that in a couple of weeks, probably. Um, it would be really good uh, if you've got, um, yeah, uh, if you, if, uh, what about any of the stupid things we did at Nottingham? Um, mm. uh, if you've got memories of, of some stuff, what we did, uh, do let us know uh, because we will be having a self indulgent celebratory episode in a couple of weeks. Uh, so please do email team at onelifeleft.com. Anything else to add, Steve? That's it from me. Here's the show. Hello, good evening, and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. My name is Stee Curran. Hello to you. I'm Simon Byron. How are you, Simon? Very well, thank you, Stee. I've just uh, completed some shed drilling, which you saw, which you were pointing to. I didn't just see, I heard it. Mm, um, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting it, because where I was drilling, I can't see on the camera. I didn't, didn't think it extended quite that mm-hmm. far. Anyway, that's done. That's been bothering me for a while. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I've had a very, Don't very you ever just week. like to drill? Just drill something in? Do you know what I liked? I liked the way when you said, you said, I've been doing some drilling, and then you did an impression of the sound, mm. and then you realised you could make the actual sound, because you've got the drill right there, haven't you? You do have the drill, yeah. Not going to sound it again, for the listeners. That's forwards, <laughs> and that's backwards. Can you hear that? It does sound yeah. different, doesn't it? Does, it? it does both ways. Maybe we could do a play along at home quiz. Do do one of them, but don't tell the <laughs> listeners which it is, and let's make them guess. I'm a man, Steve. Look, this is made by Bosch. That mm. sounds masculine, doesn't it? It does Bosch. Do you Bosch a, do you Bosch a screw in? You don't, do you? It should be called screw. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's that done. It's um, it's actually uh. Uh, so I've moved the shed around, as I said. Yeah, but you, you've been in here once, but mm-hmm. there's just loads of stuff mounted on the wall. And I've now mounted a magnetic uh, power bank charger. I don't know why, but it's there now. It's done. Congratulations, Simon. Thank you. Good. Well, we are a video game radio show. Um, we don't have a guest this week. We don't. I did try. You did You did the bare minimum. And I, I did, did not, the bare minimum. I did but... not bat that ball no, you did over it. the net, and therefore that's... Let's say it's on me, technically. Uh, no, sorry about that. It's it's, it's like fine. the week. I mean, the week whizzes by. It gets to about mm. Wednesday. I'm like, oh, blimey, I've got a guess. It does. Uh, it st- does. I, don't worry. I thought I thought Steve's got a big list. <laughs> I do. And then I uh, I got in touch and I heard nothing. I kept I kept picking up Discord to see if uh-huh. it were, if I could hear the dialing tone. Is it still working? <laughs> I should have faxed you, shouldn't I? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we will have, we'll find a guest for next week and the week after. And Simon, the big 500's coming up. Oh, isn't it just? Yeah, I'm not around for that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not see that? No. I didn't see that. <laughs> I'm not there. I'm not around. So it's just going to be a monologue then. Well, I thought actually you could do, you mm-hmm. could you could end, well not end, but you could do that one as you started without me. What we should really do. For the 
500. We obviously can't do episode 500 without you, but one of us, and probably not one of us, could okay. make a highlights reel, couldn't they? Yeah. The best. Do you reckon the best of the last 500 or the best of the previous 499 episode would fill an hour? <laughs> if, you, if you played the Joe Cornish interview twice. <laughs> Although we were terrible in that. I was too nervous. Yeah. Oh, good times. Anyway, here's to another 497 or whatever it is. Bye now. Um, we are a video game radio show. We do not have a guest. We do have some reviews. I've played a couple of games this week uh we have some letters or a letter I've seen that and we should have some video game news assuming you've looked stories, at the news I, oh, six, well, I, okay. I have to say i did struggle a little bit um again there's a lot of sort of uh not particularly upbeat new stories around at the mm-hmm. moment so yeah i mean i don't know let's see how we get on steve shall we okay good um all right let's get on with it now here is the news It's five past seven on Monday the 30th of January. I'm not Anne Scantleberry, but this is the news. The studio behind the newly released version of GoldenEye 007 has claimed that some of the graphical and frame rate issues reported by players were present in the original game. Replying to a fan on Twitter, Canadian studio Code Mystics Inc., which helped port the N64 title, claimed that due to the emulation technology used for the release, the issues, the issues present were already in the original code. Side effect of it being emulation is it picks up a few graphics quirks of the original. GoldenEye was breaking new territory on the N64. Uh, the company also claimed that the frame rate was limited by the original ROM code exactly what i would say uh goldeneye <laughs> was released for switch and xbox consoles on thursday evening and since then the xbox version in particular has been met with criticism from fans and members of the games media digital foundries john Linneman wrote on twitter that there was weirdness going on with the xbox version of the release in a tweet comparing the xbox version with the n64 original in a reply to a reader Linneman reiterated his criticism that the release has a lot of issues with wobbling vertices and texture <laughs> seems too. uh code mystics eventually responded uh, again claiming the issues were authentic to the n64 game for better or worse the occasional scenes and z fighting are authentic not an emulation glitch, it's just easier to see in HD. But glitches were checked against a real N64 during development. Again, that's what I'd say. <laughs> what remains were there too, just blurrier. Mm. So careful what you wish for, Steve. Careful what you wish for. Um, well, the, lots yeah. lots of t- people... Sorry. No. no, after you. No, no after <laughs> you, sir. Okay, I was going to say there are two sides to this, aren't there? There's one which is the never go back thing that games live on in our memory after we've played them in a more positive fashion than they may be uh, you know when you go back and that's what i've seen most of the reception has been uh, well a lot of um a lot from people who weren't around at the at the launch of the n64 version and have heard a lot from their parents telling them this is the game and they've gone in and played it and gone what how do you control this mess and it looks terrible and are you kidding me and then, you know, some older people have gone back as well and gone, yeah, but you don't get it. It was of its time. And 
you miss that context. The second thing is the thing that was mentioned in the new story, which is, yeah, the um, the benefit of the cathode ray televisions that were around at the time, they hid an awful lot of sins, which are, you know, very much revealed when you run the same code in HD. Yes, lots of people were excited about this dropping. It's been rumoured for ages and ages mm. and ages. Uh, and now it's here. People are like, what? Um, sorry, I should mention that, of course, this story is from videogameschronicle.com, where all of our news comes from this evening. Thank you to Jordan Midler for that story. Uh, have you played it on Xbox or N64, Steve, since the, since the re-release? I have not. I was actually, during that news story, going to pick up my <laughs> broadcasting equipment and go over to my Switch, grab it, and see if I could get it by the time we get to the review section, because I thought, hold on. Maybe Simon's going to review that, and I can counter his review uh, with some research in the next forty minutes. Uh, have you have you played it? I've not. No, uh, okay. I don't. Um, uh, it's part of the uh, expansion pass, isn't it, on the N sixty four? I oh, believe. Yeah, I which believe. I have, and you don't because you. I don't anymore. Bought Mario Kart. Yes, mm. I believe that's the case. Yeah, um, um, I, don't, the- I don't have Game Pass either anymore, Steve. What is going on? Well, the I don't know what is going on. Uh, what I've heard is that the one of the major complaints about it from a lot of people has been the default controls suck. I assume the default controls are authentic to the N64 version. Now, at the time, um, people were still trying to work out how to navigate in first person on a console. So uh, the controls on the N64 version, and the, obviously the N64 joypad is a bit weird, wasn't it? So... Control's very different to the modern day. I believe there's a control system which is more, which is closer. Uh, so that's the first port of call is to switch that. But yeah, you, of course you're going to have to fight your way through lots of things that by now have been battered, uh, bettered. Uh, it was the first, though. First thing isn't always the best, is it? Indeed not, Steve. Indeed not. The longest running is. <laughs> or second longest running, as I've recently found out. Time for news story two. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Certainly an advert for, for, uh, <laughs> for the longest running being the best, as I was referencing. Uh, <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush, the next game from Tango Gameworks, has been announced, and it's out today. Uh, this was written on Thursday? Uh, Wednesday or Thursday, 25th of January. Anyway, revealed during Xbox and Bethesda's di- Developer Direct, the game will release on Xbox Series consoles, Xbox Game Pass and PC later on Wednesday. There you go. Hi-Fi Rush is a rhythm action game in which the aim is to time attacks to the beat in order to do more damage. You play as Chai, a wannabe rock star and victim of a corporate experiment who can feel the rhythm of the world pulsing to the game soundtrack, according to the game's reveal video. Hi-Fi Rush features a killer mixtape of both licensed and original songs to tap your toes, or if you prefer, bang your head to each synced to their own levels in the in the game, a press release adds. The maladjusted megacorp after Chai would sooner swallow nails than let a single supposed defect ruin their bottom line. With the help of some newfound ally, allies, however, Chai may just have what it takes to rumble his way up the corporate ladder with each department culminating in a cinematic face-off with its boss, complete with their own music track. Uh, so this is from the Ghostwire Tokyo developer, Steve, and it shadow-dropped on Wednesday. Mm. No one knew anything about this game Wednesday morning, no one outside of Microsoft and Bethesda, I should say. Uh, and yet, by the end of Wednesday, people were playing it. What on earth is going on? It's a massive shadow drop, and by massive I mean 15 gigabytes, uh, which is why 
it's not going to be in this week's review section, at least from me, because mm. I thought, oh, I'm going to play that. And then I thought, I'm not going to be able to download that in the time it's going to take that I have free in order from to play Wednesday? games. Wednesday? No, from last night when I thought I'd better play some games for One Life Left tomorrow. Um, so have you played it yet? I have played it, yes. I played the opening level today. So, mm. you know, consider this a review in progress during the news, whatever next. <laughs> it's really, really good, mm. really good. It's just toe-tappingly excellent. It's got, um, yeah, a style uh and 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 substance to back that style up the the world vibrates to the beats uh mm-hmm. it's really cool um so yeah i've not got past the first uh boss yeah i haven't encountered the first boss i should say it's not me being rubbish at games for once <laughs> um that will come shortly i'd imagine but oh, it's yeah. just brilliant yeah uh, the animation so looks lovely. fantastic on it the style uh, like that i've seen in the videos and why why would you shadow drop something like this on well that's been the indie debate this week steve hasn't it mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad to shadow drop because uh, it looks like the game's doing very well it's in game pass so lots of people can access it that way but it's uh it's top it it's in the top 10 i think on steam uh global bestsellers uh so something worked then uh and so um lots of people are saying oh well i think pc gamer did a piece uh yesterday or today um or today which said that uh this proved that we should think people should think more about doing this sort of thing well let me tell you they should not no uh, um you know, there is a um, obviously if you have the prominence and the heft of Microsoft and Bethesda, uh, you have a developer showcase um, which uh, you aren't paying money to participate in. I mean, obviously mm. there will be some money going into it, some costs associated, um, mm. but it's not like Jeff's awards. Uh, so um, they are uh, they are able to put on this broadcast um, and throw. Uh, their might behind it, which meant that lots of people would write about it. Now, would they have written about Hi-Fi Rush anyway? They would, uh, because it's from the studio that did uh, Tokyo Ghostwire. Um, and so, you know, it's Bethesda. It has some heritage. Uh, that's what the the media tend to write about, things that are popular or going to be popular. It's very difficult for things to break into, the, into that um, if they don't have anything behind them. So um, did they need to do it? No. Was it an interest way of doing it? Certainly. Uh, but could everybody else do it? No. But also, if everybody else did it, then it ceases to become an interesting way of do- of doing things. Like, it's one of those tricks that works the first time someone does it, but then it's increasingly uh, less successful. Like all of the new release strategies um, that drop every so often. So there's your answer, PC Gamer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, what was impressive was that I think um, there were some rumours of the name uh, before the event, um, a couple mm-hmm. of people leaked that this that, that Hi-Fi Rush was going to be the studio's next game, but absolutely nobody had any idea. The fact that they that they kept it so quiet, particularly as they were working with digital st- with digital stores, um, which uh, can prove to be a challenge sometimes. Uh, yeah, t- to their credit, and yeah, it's really good. and it's only t- it's what was weird, Steve. That it's t- it's twenty five quid. Now, wow. um, you know, haven't they said before they're going to start? charging $70 maybe they've got the exchange rate wrong like what happened in Argentina this week Mm. I mean I say wow in the context of the most recent uh, game price I looked at was Forspoken which was 65 quid Uh, 65 
big ones. Fuck mm, no. I know that's uh, a sort of um, that's a sort of a price that would have the uh, the heroine of the game making some smart quip, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. News story number three. I wasn't ready for that. Naughty Dog co-president Neil Druckmann has said the studio has moved on from the Uncharted series and could do the same with The Last of Us should it decide not to proceed with a third mainline series entry. The Last of Us series has sold over 37 million copies since its debut in 2013 and is currently in the spotlight thanks to the successful launch of an HBO TV adaptation this month. Naughty Dog is also developing a standalone Last of Us multiplayer, which will include its own story and a new cast of characters. Despite the franchise's commercial and critical success, Druckmann has claimed that Naughty Dog's parent company, Sony, wouldn't pressure the company into continuing the story of Ellie and Abby that was told in 2020's Last of Us Part 2. He told BuzzFeed that if the studio came up with a compelling story for Part 3 and is and it's passionate about the project, it will make it. If not, it might decide to move on from the series might like it has chosen to do with its other blockbuster franchise uncharted i know there's a bunch of people wondering about the last of us part three and whether that will be a thing or not he said all i can say is at naughty dog we're very very privileged that our publisher is sony which means sony funds our games supports us and we're owned by Sony. They've supported us every step of the way to follow our passions, meaning that just because something is successful, people think there's all this pressure and we have to make a sequel. That's not the case. For now. For now, might. Uh, might. Um, yeah, everybody's raving about the TV show. Steve, have you, uh, have you tuned in? I have not seen it uh, yet. I have heard, I've heard good things from my friends who are interested in video games and care about The Last of Us. Uh, and I've heard mixed things from people who do not. Like, some people absolutely love it, and a couple of people have said they're not so keen. Well, thanks to the... Uh, this is a bonus news story. Um, thanks to the TV show, uh, sales of The Last of Us Part 1 rose more than 230% in the UK after the TV show debut. I mean, that sounds like a lot, Steve, doesn't it? It does. People care a lot about The Last of Us, and I know this. Um, did I mention this last week? Uh, we we did Marioki a week and a day ago, and at Marioki, which was excellent, I debuted a new uh, fashion item that's available on the Marioki merch store. You can find that at hello.mario.ke. That's M-A-R-A-O dot K-E, a Kenyan domain. Um. We have a T-shirt to go with one of our songs, and it says "The Last of Us" in the Last of Us font. Mm. And then below that, there's a very small Venga bus, and below that, it says "Is rubbish." So basically, it says very clearly, "The Last of Us is rubbish." Uh, I was having a nice time at Mario King. Someone stopped me up uh, upstairs. They said, "I just want to say." Um, that's the worst T-shirt I've ever seen in my whole life. Whoa! They should have seen some of your other ones. I know. It's like <laughs> over the years. And, you know, there's a whole range of terrible T-shirts available on hello.mario.ke. So, um, yeah, that was excellent. And then I got to debate him via the medium of song, or at least by singing the Venga Boys, We Like to Party at Him, maybe five <laughs> minutes later. You can't argue with that. You frankly. can't argue with that, can you? Um, no. Um, I'm. I, you know, I'm... I'm I couldn't care less whether there's a Last of Us 3, but I would bet money that there's going to be. This is for you, Steve. 
Gameloft has announced Disney Dreamlight Valley's early 2023 content roadmap. The game's next... Are you ready, Steve, for this? The game's next major update... I don't know what you wish for. Uh, the game's next major update will launch in February, introducing Mirabelle from Encanto and Olaf from Frozen as new characters. It will also extend the main story, explore the Frosted Heights biome, and add a new star path brackets Dreamlight Valley's Battle Pass equivalent, mm-hmm. themed around Disney's 100th anniversary. In April, the game will add a new realm from The Lion King and a fresh chapter in the form of Simba. Scar was introduced in the game's first major update last October. The April update's Star Path will be themed around Disney parks. We can already imagine how cool it can be to customise your valley so it can look like a little, a little like a park. Disney Dreamlight Valley lead producer uh, Mania Caste today uh, told Polygon, you can't fully chi- change your valley into a Disney theme park, but you'll be able to decorate it with things from the parks. See, things from the parks. <laughs> does that? How does that sound to you? Like stalls that sell food. Uh, you know, <laughs> things from the parks. Just loads of people milling around, so you can't really get anywhere. Uh, queues. I don't know. Uh, I, I love dates. Love that well, game. That, got, yeah, still Sorry. playing it. Are you? No, not at all, because, as I've said previously, my daughter's refused to go on with it because she's scared of meeting Ursula in the beach area. Uh, I think it's really, really impressively produced game. I'm very pro the introduction of Mirabelle Encanto as an excellent film, less interested in the arrival of Olaf, but I will see neither of those characters. What's your Uh, favourite Encanto song? uh, You know the one. Which one is it? Uh, is it we? Welcome is it, we don't talk to about Bruno. No, no. Welcome to the family. Family Madrigal. Madrigal. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> uh, uh, you're wrong. Oh, okay. What's yours? Yeah, What's your favourite? Uh, it's got to be Surface Pressure, isn't it? Very good as well. Yeah, Very good. it's a good film, isn't it? It's an excellent Listen film. To us, old men, we've got kids. Uh, new, new listeners. Um, we aren't watching Disney films. Uh, well, I, 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 exclusively for our own benefit. Um, I almost went to see uh, Boss Baby 2 today, Steve. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, but I didn't. Uh, we went and played mini golf instead. We, we watched, uh, well, I say that, my, my partner and my daughter watched Babe today. Okay. Uh, and and uh, in an early scene, the farmer brings out a shotgun to shoot, <laughs> spoiler warning, Babe. And, <laughs> and my daughter said, what's what's that and my partner thinking fast went i think it's a trumpet <laughs> and, then, and then and then the farmer's wife wife walks in and says what are you doing with that shotgun <laughs> <laughs> she, oh i must have been wrong it's not it's not a trumpet so um yeah, Dreamlight Valley is very, very good, but I would, uh, I would still recommend you introduce your children to uh, Animal Crossing instead because it's a more responsible game. Uh, fewer, fewer smartly produced uh, elements of battle pass content and that kind of grinding, and more metered out day to day play. Uh, that said, I would still be playing Disney Dreamlight Valley if it weren't for my child's abject fear of the beach. Sega appears to be teasing a new instalment of its classic Japanese arcade and Dreamcast game, Cosmic Smash. On Monday, the company launched a mysterious teaser site, csmashvrs.com. Along with social media accounts with the profile name csmashvrs, it wrote, 
I see forming. Given the name of the URL, it's possible the project's being teased is for VR. Wolfenwood. <laughs> <laughs> the British studio behind VR title, The Last Word. That's very good. Uh, also retweeted the teaser site on Monday, along with several of its developers. Uh, Kenishi, the Japanese DJ best known by video game fans for his music featured in another 20, uh, 2001 save game, Reds, also shared the teaser. Cosmic Smash was released in arcades and Dreamcast in 2001 and uh, described as a futuristic combination of squash and breakout. The game places players in a series of rooms filled with blocks and arms and with a racket. The Aim is to use the racket to smack balls off the blocks to make them all disappear. Players can pull off special smashes to help them clear the blocks quicker, but that comes with a trade-off of making the ball move faster. Uh, Yeah, the story goes on. The story continues, but little new is added. Two games I wanted to make uh, five or six years ago when I was playing around with VR dev. Uh, One was Fantavision in VR. Uh, That's coming. And two uh, was Cosmic Smash in VR, and that is... (laughs) conceivably coming uh so that's yeah that's excellent news i'd I'd, like love to play both of them loved cosmic smash because it's very very simple game to play uh but as fun as breakout is which is also (laughs) super super fun so yeah i'm excited about both of those good and how do we feel about this uh um coordinated teaser uh strategy of um, putting half a website up and then lots of corporate accounts going side eyes at it and stuff. <laughs> just I mean, makes me so annoyed. What, yeah, what was the word you used in the story that it said possibly or whatever? Yeah, like, I mean, disgust. Yeah, you might as well announce it uh, rather than this, but I get you want to do tears of your PR and like teasing and blah, blah, blah. It's coming. Everybody knows it's coming. Now you get to announce it properly and we get to pretend to be excited about it. I am actually excited. I'm just not excited about the way it's being announced. It's working. It's working. Working. Any more news stories? One more late coming uh, news story, Steve. The Nintendo Switch eShop page for Advance Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp has been updated, potentially indicating that a new release date for the long-delayed game could be imminent. According to a user in Famiboards, uh, that's a website, the game's eShop page has been updated, suggesting the pre-orders for the game could soon go live once again. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom's eShop page recently received a similar update. Originally scheduled for release last year, Nintendo delayed the release of Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Despite the continuation of the war, it seems that Nintendo may be preparing to finally release the game. Uh, Last year, a player who pre-ordered the game when it was initially for sale managed to get access and play it early. According to the user, they had preloaded the game on the Nintendo Switch Lite prior to the game's delay and then having not connected to the internet since the preload seemingly worked around Nintendo's rescheduling as the preload was no longer to able to update to the new release date. Uh, the original Advance was released on the Game Boy Advance in 2001 and was developed by Intelligent Systems. So, Steve, that's a story within the last two hours. That's how current we are. Mm. And by the in the last two hours, I mean, when you're hearing this on the radio on Monday, I mean yesterday, 26 <laughs> hours ago. So it's a tough one, isn't it? Because if you make that decision to pull the game's release because of a conflict, then you are kind of locked in to not releasing until that conflict is over. And that conflict shows, shows no sign of ending. And so... Did if they you, ever say a fit that that was why they'd done it? I thought they had, but maybe maybe they hadn't. I mean, that was certainly the read. 
and the read right now, if that is the read originally, is that, oh, well, it slipped down the news headlines. Yeah, sorry, it people was. Aren't... It was uh, recent world events was, mm. was what they said. People people aren't talking about it so much, therefore it's okay to do the thing that we thought wasn't okay when people were, were talking about it, which is kind of bleak, isn't it? Um, that said, there are countless... Uh, games that portray war more vividly being released every day and uh, it also feels somewhat unfair that Advance Wars has bound itself to to that decision. It's tough. Yep, it is tough. Um, yeah, but as you say <laughs> just look, look at the Steam pages for uh, yeah, for the war mm. games that are up there at the moment. Absolutely. Um, yeah, um, yeah uh, that's interesting. The The hack though, I hadn't heard about that. Uh, it makes sense, I guess. Maybe the code is automatically tied into release on that date, and if you don't, you're pulling faces. I don't Do believe, believe it. I don't mm. believe it. No. Whenever I've tried to um, uh, play a preload early, mm. you have to connect to the internet. I don't to, think it's ever mm. going to go. Oh, actually, like because if that was the if you didn't, then why don't we all to just preload fast forward our now? system clock? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Good point. Good point. All right. Well, we're skeptical. We're we one are. life left. That's the <laughs> end of our uh, news section. Thanks, Simon. One life left. Video game news with Anne If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Um, another consequence of Dreamlight Valley not capturing my daughter's attention, or at least scaring her off, is uh, that she's currently refusing to do a review of it. When pressed on this, she said, because doing reviews is boring. So <laughs> we don't have a feature in this slot, but there is something I wanted to talk to you about, Simon, which is uh, hmm. some work that I've been doing. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, we, we talked uh, ha- last week about AI, didn't we? And we had a, we did we had our uh, AI generated feature, and uh, the week before, I think we 
we did a little bit of uh, exploration on the podcast intro as well. So we've chatted about it. I've been um, making some things, some toys on my own. I learned Python. Did I mention that before? I learned Python. You have to done. T- yeah, well, no, certainly to it's me. Been maybe. so exciting. Uh, and I made a little quiz game. Did I talk about that? You've told me. I'm not sure you've told no, the listeners. I haven't. I don't think I have. So I've, I've made a quiz game, and uh, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we're going to release something quite soon. Maybe going to put that out, but um, shadow drop it. Shadow, shadow drop, drop it. it. Should shadow drop it? Shouldn't? I? Well, no, I can't now because I've talked about it. Edit this out of the podcast. Well, also you've not actually given it a release date either, so I think you can just go and, it, okay. and it's available now. <laughs> well, it's not available now. Um, it's not available it will be, now. It will be available soon-ish, I hope. And it's what just formats? Uh, it'll be on um, on the web, so it'll be playable on mobile and on PC. Um, and it's just a... Well, yeah, why were you being deliberately vague about this, Steve? I'm not. I just literally told you the answer. On the web, so you'll be able to play it on mobile? Yeah, on both, on web and PC. What? It's an HTML5 game. It's a quiz. So will you be able to, what, so will you be able to download it from the stores? No, you'll be able to go to a website, a URL, like and play it. Okay, like sorry. Like well, you will be able to. Anyway, um, none of that's important. It's very simple daily quiz generated with AI. But I did earlier with uh, experimenting. I generated a quiz that will generate a quiz on anything you want, like literally anything in the world. And it will ask okay. you multiple choice questions Mm-hmm. Uh, about anything and i set that up to uh ask you uh, to do a quiz on one life left and i thought i could ask you some of the questions right now and see how well you do how many points you get it sounds terrifying steve you know i'm not good i don't operate under pressure okay well here we go so question one what is the station name for uh, that one life left broadcasts on is it a radio two b <laughs> BBC West London, C, Channel 3, or D, Resonance FM? Well, ultimately, it's none of those, is it, Steve? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, it's Resonance FM, of course. It's Resonance FM. Well done. That, if you answered D, you would get 10 points in the quiz. So, well done, Simon. Play along at home. See how well you do. Okay. Question two. What is the name of the host of the One Life (laughs) Left radio show? (laughs) Is it Mm. A... Dave Grohl, B, <laughs> Stephen Hawking, C, Simon Smith, or D, Steve Curran? That's interesting, isn't it? Because it's it's what it's doing there is it's giving you some plausible answers, isn't it? It is. Very clever. Very, very, very clever. We're all fully aware, Steve, that the host is Steve Curran. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. All right. Um, question three, Getting drilling in a bit more here. You've got 20 points, by the way. Come on. What video game... Did the team play on Series 4, Episode 1 of the One Life Left radio show? Is it A, Mario Kart, B, Saints Row 4, C, Rayman Origins, or D, Need for Speed, Most Wanted? Crikey! Mm-hmm. Deep cut. Did we advertise our um, our shows differently then? Features in-depth review of Mario <laughs> Kart. Uh, I guess Mario Kart. Is that what you're going for? Yeah. That's correct. According to the AI quiz, that's another 10 points for Simon. All right. Do you remember that? Do you remember what that's going on about? Of course not. Absolutely right, not. Okay. So 30 points so far. So far. Okay. Question four. What is, the na- what is the title of the book co-written by Steve Curran and Anne Scantlebury? Is it 
A, Syntax Error. B, Antiques Roadshow. C, Punk Rock Football. Or D, Trenchless Burial. (laughs) Well, that's a question, isn't it? Mm. Um, Because you... Uh, you kept that quiet. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I could have said syntax error. Uh, you're correct. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> Again, according to the AI, uh, Anne and I wrote a book called Syntax Error. 40 points. All right. Question five. What is the name of the occasional comedy feature included <laughs> on the One Life Left radio show? Is it A, the One Night Stand, B, the 4pm boys, C, the Trash Bags, or D, Antagonista? God, they're excellent titles, though, aren't they? What, are the, what Say those again. The 4pm boys. Come on. When it all goes off at 4pm. is. What are you going for? Well, hey. Uh, Antagonista. Unfortunately, it's the 4pm boys. Still on 40 points. Okay, we'll do a couple more. Question that's five. Right, that's not true, is it? That is not true. No. No, okay. Made I'm up. just double checking that. Yeah. All right. What is the catchphrase? Of the One Life Left radio show. Is it A, live from London? B, game over, man? C, one more time? Or D, two lives left? <laughs> I want to use them all now. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be excellent if our catchphrase was two lives left? Hi, we're one life left. Two lives left. Uh, it's two lives left, obviously. It is not, unfortunately. It is live from London. Uh, okay. Finally. What? Sorry, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say that you're releasing a game based on this. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> so I'll, I'll return to that in a second. Um, uh, finally, what colour was the bear that Scott used to deliver traffic <laughs> updates on the One Life Left podcast? Was it blue, yellow, pink, or purple? It was blue. It was blue. Well done. It so, was blue. We all yeah. remember Scott's bet <laughs> when we used to throw to the travel. <laughs> wow. Good times. So, yeah, it's a really impressive piece of uh, technology, uh, uh, this behind is this it? thing. It is, because it makes up completely every one of those questions to someone who doesn't actually listen to One Life Left. Sounds plausible, right? Oh, I see. Right, like, but it's they, not. It's not. But it's not making real quizzes because some of the answers are all exactly. wrong. Exactly. Yeah, some of the okay. answers are wrong. Some of the questions are completely, you know, like wrong. They're based on an alternative history of one life left. But you oh, wouldn't that know that. Good though. You wouldn't <laughs> know that. Good. It is amazing. So obviously that was that experiment to make a quiz based around that was. Is it, on the one hand, it's like this is really impressive, and on the other hand, it's completely useless. My my, the actual quiz that i'm going to put out in a couple of weeks i hope uh is more reliable although still not 100 percent, which is why why i'll probably shadow drop it but if you put out if you make people earn currency through correct answers gamble them on wrong answers but actually what you're asking is what what you're not answering whether it's right or wrong it's but what what is the ai what Mm. the ai think this is how we'll beat the robots. So I did think about doing that. Like, so you are like crowdsourcing the correct answer. And if the correct answer is there is no correct answer, then everyone gets some points or something. The problem you've got is that the AI itself does not know. You cannot ask it whether it's making that up or not. It, it, it thinks that's all real. We need to find out more about, we ask more about Scott, see whether it will double down. <laughs> 
All right, maybe his travel bear. <laughs> maybe I will. <laughs> maybe I'll. Uh, I'll ask it that at some point during the rest of the show. But I think it's probably time for the letters. Chris Conroy writes, what in the wide, wide world of? Dear team and SSG, our local junior school recently had a trip to London's premier army surplus store, the Imperial War Museum, where they are kind enough to take photos of the kids so they can be shared on newsletters and whatnot. What the school doesn't seem to have realised is that the museum's photos are sponsored by war gaming. So the little cherubs are grinning away under a logo of the angry house simming, extravagant press junket funding, whale magnets, world of tanks. I don't have the heart to tell them. What sneaky marketing practices have you seen slip by undetected in your unusual places? When was the last time someone who should really know better failed to spot a violent game hiding in plain sight? Your Caro, the combatimento correspondent, Chris Conroy. Uh, he says, it turns out it's only a Peggy 7 uh, war gaming. Um, kids today, eh? Uh, he then thanks Wikipedia for his uh, sign-off. Um, sneaky marketing messages, Steve. You've got a story about that, don't you? Do I? What? <laughs> well, it just prompt back me to the, to, the, to the incident that prompted everybody to leave Edge. Was that a sneaky marketing message, or was that that was that was essentially? Well, it was a promotion of violent gaming in front of kids. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Part, oh yeah, sorry. I had I, I was reflecting on the time we all we gave GTA three the wrong the wrong score. You've <laughs> <laughs> got a troubled history with GTA, Steve, don't you? Yeah, well, it's the same. The, the, it was sort of tied up in the history of that because we were already in a fractious relationship with Rockstar uh, at the time, and prior to that, because they had they'd held back the code of. Um, GTA 3 from Edge, which resulted in us giving it a one-page review, which resulted it in the game being on a magazine template which had the score 6 out of 10 written as a placeholder <laughs> at the bottom of the page, which resulted in Edge giving GTA 3 6 out of 10 and then apologising for it in the next month and saying it should have been an 8 in small print. <laughs> which probably would have made people angry enough as it stood. Um, uh, but yeah, I, as I recall, and this was 20 years ago now, um, you're talking about Manhunt, right? Oh, sorry, Steve. Yes, it wasn't GTA. Yes, you're right. It was Manhunt's cover on Game Games Master. Yeah, so Manhunt had secured a cover for Games Master. Games Master, in my opinion, was a magazine that was aimed at younger teenagers at best. And Manhunt was an 18-rated game. And uh, I wrote a column about that. It didn't go down very well. <laughs> you can't say anything in those days, can you? Uh, not if you want to stay at the magazine that you <laughs> you write. You, yeah, um, it, it did not uh, result in us getting fired, but it did result in ultimately uh, most of the staff thinking this may may have outgrown our roles at this magazine. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess you would. Would you consider that an underhand marketing tactic, or was it just? what everyone did back then well it's it's difficult to imagine that sort of thing happening now isn't it or being allowed to happen now well because uh, there are no magazines quite, anymore well, so that's in quite rightly yeah but um sorry not quite rightly there are any magazines quite rightly that there are so, um uh things in place that would stop that but yeah i mean back then it was um 
people seemed very happy to uh, market to an, an audience that was underage. Um, yeah, which you know was um, I, that was the most high, high profile example of it back then. It's obviously not the same as what Wargaming's doing, Peggy Seven, um, at the Imperial War Museum. But again, having touched on Advance Wars, this does feel um, a bit too close to home, really, doesn't it? Um, so, uh, just to sort of sidestep for a second, like the are there games publications aimed at younger? Uh, teenagers now because if you look at something like uh, you know the the websites that have essentially taken over from those magazines that you wouldn't say they were aimed at, uh, at kids right they're aimed at people who play games which is is not that but are there specific websites that are aimed at that demographic anymore uh not website in terms of magazines they are generally um uh, sort of effectively one shots in supermarkets based mm. on Fortnite and yeah, stuff yeah. like that um you know, so they're not 13 issues a year. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, and they tend to come with toys on them, uh, I think. Uh, I haven't picked one up in ages, so I'm probably getting this all entirely wrong. Um, websites, no, they're all on TikTok these days, aren't they? <laughs> what it is. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for your letter, Chris. Did we have any more? Not in the email. Were there any in the Discord? Well, I think one was just, uh, one was just posted. Uh, Ed writes... Dear One Life Left team, how long until an AI gets ste cancelled? Uh, it's, you know, a matter of hours, perhaps. Actually, I have just asked the AI about about Scott and his travel bear. Um, we'll have the answer. We'll have the answer uh, after a couple of uh, jingles. That's all the letters. If you want to uh, write to One Life Left, you can do so by emailing team at onelifeleft.com or by popping your message in the discord we are one life left we're broadcasting on one life <laughs> residence 104.4 fm and we're also a podcast available at www.onelifeleft.com where you can read the show notes put, put together by our under caretaker uh, Phil, you can also find a link to the Discord there or at our list link site at hello.onelifeleft.com. Simon, I did talk, as requested, uh, to the AI and I have some more information about Scott and his travel bear. Uh, it says here, Scott and his travel bear was a regular feature that appeared on the One Life Left radio show. Led by the station's host, Steve Curran, Scott and his travel bear was an ongoing station. Yeah. Ongoing <laughs> travel documentary of sorts where the bear, Plunger Bear, would travel to exotic locales with Curran in tow. After a brief intro, Scott and Plunger Bear would set off on their journey, encountering all sorts of adventures, both good and bad. Highlights included stops in Italy, Mexico, Scotland, and the United States. Throughout their travels, they came across some interesting locales, people, and perspectives that helped to ultimately shape their outlook on the world and in each other. The feature ultimately ended after it became too expensive for Curran to maintain the pace of the trips, but it provided a unique and often funny look into the world of travel. Well, you can tell it's not true if they're saying it's often funny. <laughs> uh, it's a shame. I was hoping that the AI would have written the end of that story, the sort of, you know, that there was um, there was an accident live on air, like sort of Noel Edmonds. <laughs> well, I mean, it's certainly plausible, isn't it? You, you love that bear. I did love that bear. I love that bear, and it's just a shame we had to put him in storage. Maybe we should wheel him out for 
episode 500. 500. I should ask the AI what to do for episode 500, shouldn't I? That'd be uh, good use of modern day technology, but probably won't follow the instructions to the letter unless I want to get cancelled. Simon, I'm aware that we're running quite ahead of schedule at the moment. Mm. 40 minutes to go. Do you have 40 minutes worth of reviews? Because otherwise we're going to have to do a Simon Byron's Fast Five. Well, how long can I talk about Far Cry 4 for, Steve? <laughs> Shall we find out? Here we go. Uh, it's time for the reviews. Simon, how long can you talk about Far Cry 4 for? <laughs> well, who would have thought I would be here in a shed uh, in the middle of winter uh, in the year 2023... <laughs> Playing a game uh, that I believe came out on Xbox 360. Wikipedia uh, describes Far Cry 4 as... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I've been... Uh, I've spent far too much in the Steam sales recently. I don't know what has got into me. Um, I'm just... By, my backlog grows and yet still... Um, I buy games, um, and uh, uh, Ubisoft has been bringing its games to Steam, um, and I own Far Cry 6 on Ubisoft Connect, which I bought at launch because Dexter wanted to play it, um, and I was like, oh, okay, I wonder how that w- runs on, on the Steam Deck. Of course, it's not on Steam at the moment. They've just brought Watch Dogs Legions to Steam, which costs £10, but even th- even at £10, Steve, I believe it's not worth playing. <laughs> anyway, so I started poking around the Ubiverse. And I thought, oh, I've never really played Far Cry 4. I got I got quite far in Far Cry 5 until Dexter accidentally wiped my save. Um, and so that, uh, that meant I was too far in to, to be bothered to start playing it again, which is why I was quite enjoying it. So I, I wondered how it would work on the Steam Deck. Um, and uh, yeah, this is the one that's set in the Himalayas, uh, where you play a man um, who uh, is tasked with delivering his mother's ashes to a place in Kirat uh, in the Himalayas and you meet the man um, he's a very bad man Steve like really naughty right at the start um, you know you can tell that it's not going to be a good holiday <laughs> uh, and then after um, a lengthy cutscene that you cannot skip um, and uh, also I discovered that because of the game's um, fairly relaxed attitude to sort of you know save states you know many games these days you you have quite a confidence on knowing where you're going to pick back up but with far cry oh no um far cry 4 certainly uh so i had to replay the uh the introduction three times um to eventually get to a, a place where i could save properly um and off you go and it's yeah it's it's full of it's full of far cry fun uh opening up uh, towers uncovering elements of the map choosing missions to do, races to have. Um, this, I'm, I'm not hugely familiar with the world of Far Cry, so I can't tell you how common this sort of thing is, but loads of animals in it who really are, are really very aggressive. Um, the honey badger, Steve, um, I was, I mean, if you'd have asked me a few weeks ago that I had strong feelings about a honey badger, I probably would have said no, but now <laughs> they're my least favourite animal. Um, Far yeah, Cry series, I, I know very little about, right? I, I think I've played the intro to one of them. Um, Four times. <laughs> maybe. Uh, and, you know, my, my impression of them is that they are an open world video game 
in a jungle with lots and lots of shooting. More shooting than you'd expect. In just even loads, loads shooting that you'd expect on a holiday. Yeah, just more. You know, or for a funeral. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I'm having, I'm having, a, I, it's, it's, I've reached that stage now where I'm like, oh, should I just stop playing this? Because I'm, I'm, I'm unlikely to finish it, mm. but I am quite enjoying it. Um, yeah, it, it's, um, it, it looks good. Uh, it's full of those emergent moments where you can throw bait, um, and, uh, those animals, uh, you can encourage them to go and attack all of the enemies and stuff. And that's mm-hmm. quite good fun. And, you know. The first time you see an elephant roar into the into an, an encampment and take everybody out, Steve, it's, uh, it's laugh out loud funny. Uh, yeah, so it's all right. It's a game from the past. It holds up pretty well. Plays well on the Steam Deck. Seven out of ten. Okay. I've also I've also been playing, and this will surprise you. Mm-hmm. Um, a game called As Dusk Falls. Have you heard of this? As Dusk Falls, I have not heard of As Dusk so we're, Falls. So we're, we're quite Microsoft heavy uh, this week's show. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a Microsoft Studios game. It came out last year. Um, it is a an interactive drama, um, which okay. uh, starts off... Um, uh, well, I'm probably like sort of chapter four in it at the moment. But yeah, um, two families collide on one... Um, one eventful evening um, and it's full of choices and quick time events and uh, stuff like that. Uh, so it's a telltale game in, in everything, but name but sort of super stylized um, static visuals over moving backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to my surprise, I'm finding it really engaging. Um, uh, we had a pretty tense situation in a motel uh, recently and um, I'm playing it like I did with Heavy Rain, which is uh, you know, make a choice to stick with it um, and see what happens. And I, I, I already think I've made the wrong decision. Um, so, but I'm, I'm, I'm plowing on. Um, it's good. Uh, it's super tense. Um, I, I, I'm finding it very well written. Uh, it's holding my attention, and I don't normally like these games. Uh, so I, it's super cheap at the moment. Um, I think it's like eight pounds, um, and I would give it seven out of ten. So I wanted to play uh, that game that was in the news story. Hi-Fi Rush. Thank you, Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, couldn't because it was 15 gigabytes. Looked for something smaller and looked at Steam. What, you know, what it said, players like you playing these games. You know what you like, Steve? I like games where you push crates around. And so, <laughs> uh, but not The Last of Us. Uh, and so I ended up playing two games where you push crates around. One of them is called Altered. Uh, in altered, so these uh, the game genre is uh, the Sokoban genre. Uh, players will be familiar with the classic thing: grid base, top down, push a crate. You know, try and get a crate onto a X. Uh, oh, I pushed the crate too close to the wall. I'll rewind time. Very, very well defined genre. My favourite game in that genre is Steven Sausage Roll. Um, and most times, the ones that do well, at least, are. Games like that, but with a little bit of a twist. So the twist in Altered uh, is that your box can grow arms. <laughs> so your, your well, you're, not your box, your, your sort of avatar can have like a telescopic arm either shooting out from the left or the right, and at the same time, either the up or down, or the north or the south or the east and west. Basically, 
as you move around, you can use those telescopic arms to support you so you're no longer on the platform. You're, you're, you're not supported on anything. And you use that and you use the clever sort of extending of these arms and retracting them to push things around and to move yourself around the levels as well. Really, really nicely um, thought through uh, different take on, 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 on the original system. I, I liked it. It doesn't it won't blow you away. If you like Soccer Man games, you'll like this because it's slightly different. I did appreciate the visual style. It's just slightly weird as well. Um, so 7 out of 10 for that. I also played a game called Squishcraft. And okay. If you thought the visual style for Altered was weird, uh, then look at the cover of Squishcraft, Simon. Steve, you shouldn't be playing games like that. <laughs> what, what are you seeing there? Uh, well, it's quite blurry, but oh, it's a sorry. it's a, it's a it's a man's face. Yeah, it's um, just lots of lots of a dude's face. Uh, I assume that's the developer who has just sort of very quickly uh, cropped his face out and just pasted it loads, and then written Squishcraft across the top of the uh, Steam splash screen. The graphics are, <laughs> I, I want to say poor. Uh, I would describe them as very quickly put together maybe of a style <laughs> i don't know but the mechanics really really clever it's uh soccer man but when you push crates into into each other they merge uh, they squish so they you, the, the whole mechanic is squishing crates together and using the properties of the squished crates to move those crates around the level so you might squish a crate that can move right when you press a button into another crate, and then step on the button that moves both of those squished crates now right out of the hole. Oh my goodness, Simon, it's one of the hardest games I have ever played. That's hyperbole. We're a radio show. We're allowed to do that. What I'm saying is, it's pretty hard. Um, but those games are kind of meant to... It's the sort of thing where you stare at it for ages, a bit like Steven Sausage Roll, and think, I'm never going to solve this, and then either through trial and error or through a moment of breakthrough where you usually end up cursing the developer at the end, you're like, yeah, that's clever, and I get it, and huh. Um, it, yeah, it looks, I think some people would say it looks appalling. This radio show will say it looks interesting or unique, perhaps, um, but it is mechanically really smart. It's very, 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 very cheap as well, so give it a go if you like that sort of thing. Seven out of ten. What what was it about the game's artwork that attracted you to it then? Was it that it was so distinctive? I mean, yeah, maybe this is as good as, as, as shadow dropping. Yeah, it does stand out. Um, what I, I try and play games. I think it's very interesting when you find a game that's been out for a while and has like 72 positive reviews. That's kind of a sweet spot of enough people have found this and really, really liked it, um, but it hasn't blown up, right? And so I, when I see something like that, and it's in a genre I like, I usually end up playing it. And so Altered had been on my list for a while. This one hadn't, but I would encourage people who enjoy that sort of thing to give it a shot. Good stuff. Mm. We've got a minute to kill, Simon. Any other business? Who's been running the Marioki Twitter uh, recently? Uh, it's been fantastic, hasn't it? Uh, that is, uh, I assume, Marioki's new intern. But I don't know who that is. Uh, wow, look at the size of the empire that you don't know who the staff are. I don't know these days. Uh, but it's fantastic work. We will be doing a Marioki gig in uh, Sweden on the 24th of February. So let us know if you if you uh, are around then and maybe we'll be able to say hello. And we'll also be doing a gig 
in February in London on the 19th, if that's a January, if that's a January, if that's a Saturday. Uh, if it's not, then it's one of the days around that. I think it's the 19th. Anyway, uh, that'll be at Peckham Loading. So if you're in London, come along to that. That minute just flew by, Steve. It did, didn't it? Uh, right, uh, we've been One Life Left, radio show about video games. If you want to find us on the internet, you can find us at www.onelifeleft.com. Thank you so much, Resonance FM. You continue to be the greatest radio station in the world. Stay tuned to them. But until next week, we've been One Life Left. Goodbye! Goodbye! Goodbye.